listening to the Ghost Hacks Podcast. What you are about to hear may make you laugh. It may make you cry. It may make you shake in your boots. Two prison gods talking about strange things in the night they may never understand. And here are your hosts, Todd and Joe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ghost Hacks Podcast, episode 11. Yay! I am Ghost Joe. And I'm Tom. Uh, yeah, so Tom couldn't be here today. Um, basically, it's the nature of our job. You know, uh, a lot of times we work a lot of hours, and we need some sleep and some rest, and, uh, yeah, so that's what happened, uh... Tom's a wuss. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's just me for right now. I'm just going to do a little intro. We have an awesome interview for tonight uh, with comedian and paranormal investigator, Mr. Craig Loigren. Very, very funny guy. You're going to want to hear this. He has some awesome stories. Plus, there's a great EVP that you guys are going to want to hear. So I didn't want to leave you guys too early. Uh, so I figured I would tell you a story that I have, um, uh, an experience, a paranormal experience that I had had uh, when I was 21 years old. My friend Dave and I, uh, who's actually our announcer for the show, we've been childhood friends since uh, the fifth grade. We, we've known each other since the second grade, but apparently he didn't like me until the fifth grade. So we didn't start being best friends until the fifth grade, you jerk. Anyway... So, we're 21 years old at this point. We've been friends for a very, very long time. Uh, my parents were going to Las Vegas, so they wanted me to come along. And they said, oh, bring a friend. So, of course, I'm going to bring my buddy Dave. So, Dave came along with me. Uh, Dave and I had shared um, a hotel room, separate beds, get your mind out of the gutter. And my parents had their own room down the hallway or something. So I'm not going to tell you exactly which hotel it was yet. Uh, I'll get to that. So it was about three or four days into the trip. And I wake up middle of the night. Now, let me just let me also put this to you guys. Also, I feel that I've always been a magnet towards this sort of stuff. Right. I feel like if you have an ability. Where you're sensitive towards things or, you know, uh, paranormal things happen to you or you see things or experience some kind of paranormal things. I feel like these paranormal entities know this and are drawn to you in a certain way. So with that being said, it was the middle of the night. I wake up and I look over and I see now my bed was on the right side. Um, Dave's bed was closer to the window. So I wake up and I look in front of me and I see what looks like a portly gentleman uh, standing in front of Dave's bed, kind of looking at him. And now, you know, of course, I'm rubbing my eyes and stuff. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences at, at this point. So I wasn't completely terrified, you know, more curious than anything. So I look over. And I'm trying to make sense of it. And I'm saying, 
I said, is, is that a real person? You know, and then I also had seen another figure as well, close to where our baggage was near uh, on the other side of the room. And I'm looking and I said, are we being robbed right now? What's, what's going on here? You know, and I'm looking and I said, no, those, uh, those aren't real people. You know, there's, there's something going on here. So I did the classic thing, you know, close my eyes. And I said, all right, I'm going to close my eyes. When I open them back up again, you know, they'll be gone and it'll be good. And I'll go right back to sleep. Well, I close my eyes, open them back up again, and they're still there. Now, like I said, the man was like a portly gentleman, uh, he seemed to be, and he was standing in front, you know, of course, they were very transparent, white, and it it almost, if you ask me, it almost looked like he was holding like a martini glass. Now, the other, the other spirit or entity, it, it, I don't know what that entity was doing, but it was moving kind of fast and it was on the other side of the room. I don't know, but after I had closed my eyes, opened them back up again, they were still there. So then I'm like, oh crap, what the hell? So now I'm trying to wake Dave up. Uh, I'm not getting out of the bed, but I'm like, yo, Dave, 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 wake up, wake up. Now, like I said, I feel like people that are magnets, these things are drawn to. I feel like the people that are skeptics or that aren't magnets towards these things, I feel like there's something that happens where the entity makes it so they're not experiencing this. They're not going to believe it. They're not, you know, in tune with it. And they know I am, so they don't want that person interfering with what, you know, they want me to see. So I couldn't wake Dave up. So I'm like, oh, crap. All right. So now I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? So I turn around my bed, and I'm I'm rustling the the sheets and the, the covers and stuff. And then after that, I look back after a minute or so, and they were gone. Now, a couple days later, we go home. Look up on the internet. And it turns out that the Flamingo Hotel that we were staying at is haunted by mobster Bugsy Siegel, who owned the Flamingo at one time. And he has been seen in people's hotel rooms. So that's who I believe I had seen prior to the trip. I had no idea that this place was haunted. And yeah, so I just figured I'd tell you guys a little story before getting onto this interview. Um, and that's about it, man. Next show, Tom will be back. We'd have, you know, a great show next show. We have plenty of interviews coming up. Um, please go check out our website, www.ghosthackspodcast.com. If you have any experiences that you would like to share, please call our hotline at 845-379-1331. If you run out of space or time, uh, telling your story, you could call back and just, you know, continue with your story. You could do so anonymously if you choose. Also, if you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, if you have any suggestions or comments, or you just want to tell us, you know, that we're full of crap and, you know, you don't want us to be on the air anymore, um, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you could leave us that review on the website as well that I had mentioned. While you're there, you could also check out our blogs, where we'll have information about shows or some um, pictures and all sorts of cool things, as well as guests' uh, information and uh, our merch store. 
So enough of my yapping and please enjoy the interview with paranormal investigator and comedian, Mr. Craig Lloydgren. Good night, everybody. See ya. You like what I did there? Later. So today we have comedian and paranormal investigator Craig Loigren. Craig is a regular on the East Coast circuit, performing in such clubs as the New York Comedy Club, the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, the Broadway, and the world-famous Dangerfields. Craig has toured with the heavyweights of comedy, the nomads of comedy, and Pete Davidson from SNL. Craig has also appeared on the Audie Lang podcast and the New York City Crime Report. Love that show. He is featured in the film Abnormal Attraction and his one-hour special, Married and Miserable, both currently available on Amazon Prime, so please check that out. He's also in the middle of making a horror movie called Stream. On the paranormal side, he has a team called RTG Paranormal, and he's the assistant caretaker of the Kreischer Mansion, which is considered one of the most haunted houses in New York City. Please welcome to the show, comedian and paranormal investigator, Mr. Craig Lloydgren. Loigren. Loigren. Fuck! See? You're you fucked up. <laughs> All right, cool. What's up, man? He's like, fuck, fuck this! See? We curse almost every every sentence, so. There you go. You're good, man. Look, my first three words were shit, fuck, and piss. <laughs> I didn't even say hello. I, uh, I started out yelling. <laughs> Another angry, bald man. I'm uh, an angry, bald guest on this show with an angry, bald man as the host. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Staten Island's angriest comedian. And thank you, thank you, I, thank you, thank you. I'd hope to be even greater. You know, I, I wish it was more than just Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, I want to be America's angry comedian, but you know. So, how long have you been into comedy? This year, twenty-one years. I, I mean, I, I wanted to do it my whole. I've been doing stand-up for twenty-one years. I, I started back in uh, technically ninety-seven, but I count from two thousand one, so it's twenty years. This will be my twenty-one. August will be twenty-one years. This August. But uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. Who were your favorite comedians growing up? Like, who were some of your influences? Well, again, I wanted to be a comic since I'm eight years old. I have my special. I have it's called Married and Miserable. It's on Amazon Prime. You can check it out. And the intro to Married and Miserable is the eight-year-old me telling the class what he wants to be when he grows up, and he wants to be a comic. And it was really like the days of Robin Williams, man. Mork and Mindy, <laughs> Mork from Mork. I was around eight years old, and it was he was on Happy Days first. And I just thought he was the coolest, funniest guy in the world. And I wanted to be him. And that's, that was a start. But then there's other guys that have, I, from him, I always attribute five guys as why I am a comic. And then there's another few guys that I met in the industry that really have nurtured me. But the five guys in the order I give is the order just that they were introduced. They are all equal to me for different reasons. It's, it's Robin Williams, Howie Mandel. Early Howie Mandel was incredible. The hyper, because I'm an active hyper dude. Eddie Murphy. You know, delirious, I verbatim could still do Eddie Murphy, Delirious. Sam Kennison, which is who I'm probably most like. A lot of people, most people after a show will come up, which is a great honor that they see it in me. But Sam Kennison, because Sam the man is just the guy. And then, believe it or not, Bob Nelson. If you guys know who Bob Nelson is. Bob Nelson was uh, Jiffy Jeff's gym. He did some, a lot of prop stuff. He, he did that college all-star team. He put the red put on with the balloons under his shoulder. And now let's meet the players of the college all-star team. And he come out with the helmet. There's a Billy, Billy Brubrick, you know, Billy Bob Brubrick, University of Texas. Right guard. Like he would do all that stuff. Oh, for Tom, he would turn his helmet sideways and look through the ear hole. And he'd just come out and get the mic stuck in the thing of the helmet. He'd go, Tom, 
<laughs> that was his name. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, those guys up, we just lost Cassidy. He got offended already. <laughs> now you blicked that on my end. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's the spirits. There he is. Look at I get full screen. Joe, you didn't notice I wasn't saying nothing? The fucking Zoom got rid of me. <laughs> Sometimes you don't say nothing. I don't I figured I talk so much no one could talk over me. You know, I get Tom on the show so he could talk a lot. And sometimes at the interviews, he doesn't talk at all. Because <laughs> he's listening. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever performed in any notable places? Oh, sure, man. I, I toured, uh, I mean, here locally, I, I probably the coolest thing. We were just talking about some of these comics and why. Dangerfield. I've headlined, you know, Dangerfield. I mean, I've done everything. You know, I used to be a regular in the New York Comedy Club uh, when Al Martin owned it in the Broadway Comedy Club. And, you know, I did all these other places. But Dangerfield, I was running through for a while, and that was... Yeah, man. I, I went there on my prom. <laughs> I went there on my prom. Everybody, they still go there. It's like 47 or 48 <laughs> years old, the place. And, they, and everybody has been going to their yeah, prom yeah, yeah. since 72, you know? So it's like, it still is. And in 2000, well, this last year, 2020... They had to zoom it probably, but you know, they didn't have like the first year there was no proms. Yeah. This last year. I remember we were taking pictures with uh, Wong. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And all those guys, well, until like he died. The other, um, oh my God, what's his name? Ends up nowhere. He was there forever from the time it opened, the, the waiter. And I'm blanking on his name right now. But he was there and, and uh, it was cool. After all those years, like when I first performed there, he came up to me and gave me a nice, Really nice compliment, how much he liked me, and I was fresh and new. He hasn't seen someone like me in a while, and he loved my I've never seen anybody that angry before. Right, right, right. Well, it's been a while, he said, since he's seen somebody that angry. He, just, he understood my anger. Yeah, he just gave me a real big compliment, and, and it was awesome because he's been there. He was there from the beginning. He only just died last year. It made it to the papers and stuff because he was, he was there for 45 or 46 years at Dangerfield. So really cool dude. And he would go up and tell some jokes, too. It's funny, man. He just... Just a funny guy. But yeah, Dangerfields. I mean, I played at Asbury Park, the Paramount Theater over there. I did, you know, things like that. I, I toured, I started the kid, Pete Davidson, that's on Saturday Night Live. And then I went on a tour with him for a little while and stuff in the earlier years. I know he's your bro, but why does he hate Staten Island so much? Yeah, but he doesn't really. If you listen to him, he teases. He's just a comic bashing because he grew up here. Maybe his experiences weren't as hearty and healthy as ours, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But as much as he bashes and jokes about it, he lives here. He's got a really nice house. He he's here all the time. He talks about it. He named his movie after it. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's more of just a joke. People just take offense because that's where we live in a society where no one gets to joke anymore. You know. He uh he went through some shit growing up. It's oh absolutely absolutely. So he has some you know whatever if he has anger issues towards Staten Island or his or his youth growing up. Yeah. It's his prerogative. But as a comic, he should be allowed to bitch and complain about what he wants because we almost get carte blanche. We should get. We used to get carte blanche for the most yeah, part. Yeah. There is a line, but if you cross the line, it doesn't mean you should lose your job, get fired forever, and everything else. It means that you should get a little slap on the wrist and say, hey, pay attention, you know. Right, right. But as a comic who works on your feet all the time, you're always thinking, you got to be able to answer like that. You might make a mistake, you know. It's tough to rewind anymore. Everybody's got a camera on you, you know. Yeah. Look, even this, we can't even just be three guys talking. We're zooming. Right. Even though it's a podcast. Yeah. The video is for our pleasure. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Keep your hands where we could see them. Ah, man. You take all the fun out of everything, Joe. <laughs> so, let's see. As far as comedians go, who are some like notable ones that you've met? Like, have you met any like big stars, big comedians? Yeah, like every. I mean, I'm I'm friendly with Audie Lang. I was on his show a few times on Directv back in the day, and I I used to sit in on the early years of his podcast. I used to sit in because I'm friends with Mike Buschetti. If you guys know Mike Buschetti, he was his announcer. Yeah. Buschetti's a Staten Island guy, and and me and Mikey have been running around for close to 20 years. I mean, Mikey's a comic. I'm a comic. Don't know 21. He's probably 28. 30? Did he just celebrate 30 years? Whatever it is, it's a long time. He might have just even celebrated 30 years in stand-up. So, you know, he's doing it a a long time, and he was Audie's announcer on the DirecTV show for a few years. So I used to, you know, drive him and pick him up and just hang out up there, man. I met so many people up at at his show alone. Cheech and Chong. I mean, like, really cool, cool people. Joe Piscopo, guys like that. Anybody who he had on, because I was up there all the time. It was, like, cool behind-the-scenes stuff. I, unfortunately, I'm not famous, but I've been at some cool things, you know? Famous adjacent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, or even like next to, you know, same, you know. You know, but uh, but yeah, but I I've I mean I've worked with Bob Nelson. It's cool to work with guys that you you grew up like kind of idolizing and, and imitating, and then all of a sudden now I'm opening for him and he yeah. likes me and we're hanging out, you know, and yeah. eating after and just BSing and talking, and you know, it, it comes Mick Foley, the wrestler. There's a lot of wrestlers. Foley is another great one. I worked with him. Some of these guys are flattering. Like he, when I work with him now, he tells a story about the first time we worked together when he said it was like a family thing. It was a thing that raised money for 9-11. It was a Pete day. It was, uh, the lineup was incredible. It was, it was Pete when he was younger, when he was still with Nick Cannon and doing Wild and Out and stuff. So Nick Cannon was on the bill. This is all on Staten Island at the Looney Bin Comedy Club. It was uh, Nick Cannon, Pete Davidson, Mick Foley, Myself, my buddy, you know, Buddha, the comedian. I, I think, Tom, you're familiar with Buddha? Yeah, I think I remember this. Yeah, this yeah, show. yeah. Joseph Anthony. Like, there was some cool, really good comics on the bill. And it was just an amazing night. It was, like, out the doors, people standing room, not even standing room only. The whole bar area were just listening. It was just packed. And most never seen that many people in there in my life. Actually, yeah, that shows a lot, this guy, Pete, because, I mean, he lost his dad. <laughs> Well, that was a that was a fundraiser for. And he's doing a fundraiser. Yeah, when he and it, it was right, right. So even he was a little younger than he was seventeen, eighteen. He might have been eighteen at the time, but the kid always loved. That's why when people get on him, he's just ragging. It's a different, you know. He's he's got more of that eh, attitude, like you know. But he's he's just ragging. He's being funny. It's his right. way. He's he's got that, you know, his the voice and his delivery and stuff. It's but he giggles after everything. You got to see <laughs> the love in his eyes, like when he says stuff. He's you can see it in his face. He's he's busting chops and stuff, you know. So I, that's why I used to defend him a lot, trying to defend him a lot, because everybody that knew I knew him, I would get every time he said something, I'd get like 50 messages on Facebook and stuff. I was like, I wish you guys would pay this much attention when I posted for a show I was doing. You come see me. No, you want to rag on me about somebody. So, but yeah, no, if you if you listen and look at, look into him, look into his eyes when he's saying it, he's not being hurtful. He's, he's busting balls. But yeah, but that show, Foley, I went off, you know, I'm, I am me. I curse, I yell, I rant and rave. So when I work with him now, he tells the story when we first uh, worked together and how he thought it was supposed to be this family thing. And I came out and I already went. So everybody knows the animal that I am. And so he starts talking about it. And it's just, it's flattering. It's, it's amazing. 
It's like an honor. Again, I'm not like a, uh, anyone that people know, really, unfortunately. I hope we could change that one day. Hey, 21 years in the making. Yeah, 21-year overnight sensation. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, that's, that's the way it usually happens. They're going to know now after the, being on the Ghost Hacks podcast. Yeah. There you go. Very, un- very unlikely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be famous. I'm going places now, Ma. <laughs> Look at me. Ghost Hacks. No, not Ghost Adventures. Those guys have a real show. Ghost Hacks. Ghost Hacks. <laughs> not Ghost Hunters. I know he's a plumber and I was a plumber. Not that guy, Ma. Ghost Hacks. Yeah, they're two corrections officers. Yeah, I know they shouldn't be doing anything with ghosts. They should be talking about prisoners. I know. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry, I was talking to my mother, she called. Oh, right, right, right. I had to explain to her what I'm doing here right now. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> hey, can we change it up? Can I ask you guys a question? Can we get off the comedy for a minute? Because I do go want to go back because yeah. I want to talk about a movie we're making and stuff. But Absolutely. You guys work at prisons. Do you see? Is it too loud, too noisy, too active? Or do you guys hear and see stuff unexplainable at night? I mean, people die in prison, and they violently usually, so... Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple experiences, and so has Tom, actually, with, with uh, where he's at. Yeah. I, what about when you guys were here at Arthur Kill before that closed? Nothing. And I did a lot of midnights. Nothing. No, never at Arthur Kill. Yeah. What about Tom at the hospital? Did you ever see anything when you were working at the hospital? Bro, how many times did you walk into that hospital ward and I was asleep? I didn't see shit. <laughs> if you're still working, I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can retire tomorrow, bro. Saying, we got, yeah, but nowadays we got a pension to protect, okay? It used to be a rep to protect. Now you got to protect your pension. You say the wrong thing, and we're going to take all your money away. Tom saw the inside of his eyelids. That's what Tom <laughs> He definitely had relaxed. He had a relaxed look. <laughs> Feet up. That was the greatest job yeah. ever. <laughs> it was a good, that was a sweet gig, man. They had to close that prison to get me out of that job, bro. <laughs> I'm never leaving. You, he's like, I'm going in. I'm going to punch an inmate so he has to go to the hospital. <laughs> no. Agree or disagree, you're being recorded. I'm just saying. I'm making a statement. That never happened. That's a, You're a comedian. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my opinion, everyone. That's my opinion. I'm just teasing. I'm making a joke. Say silly things. <laughs> he's like, nah, I used to just trip them. <laughs> a punch wouldn't do it they're gonna fall down the stairs they're gonna break something to do a week in the hospital <laughs> nah but those so, guys are all crying all the time my my this my that remember the the one time the girl from uh mob wives got yes. all the surgery yep. done at one yep. time mm-hmm. they put her next to us yes the room next to our yes and you guys were all room. hanging out with her the whole time yeah yeah she was cool man yeah 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 no i remember that well uh, yeah, it was some funny times, but that's actually where I started getting back into it. I mean, if you want to wait and go back to it, but and we'll talk. That's where I started getting back into or getting into the supernatural was there from a couple of experiences at the hospital. So Really? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So, I mean, do you guys want to, do you want to go there, Joe? Am I? Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about, cause um, working out of order. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that next. I just wanted to get some stuff about uh, what TV shows, movies you've been in, what, what you got going on with that. Well, TV shows, nothing great. And, you know, Audie Lang a couple of times back in the day, like sitting on the couch, he would go to me and ask me questions about Mikey and stuff, which was cool. I did a, I have my my own one hour special called Married and Miserable. It's on Amazon Prime. You can, if you're a Prime subscriber, it's free. Otherwise, it's like two ninety nine, dollar dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine. The rent. I kept it real cheap because I I wanted people to see it. I want people to 
to see who I was and then go out on tour. And if enough people see that, I can go tour the country and people will know who I am. Just unfortunately, you know, COVID. Amazon doesn't uh, advertise for you or nothing. So I've had a, quite a few people see it in my world, but not enough in, you know, like 50,000 people watched it, which in, was like, wow, that's cool. But I needed 2 million people to watch it. So it's not what I needed to get to the next level, you know? Wow. You, you would think 50,000 people watching it would. It's a cool number, but it's not, you know, it's across the country and a few other countries. I, a little bit in England and stuff. It goes to a few other countries and Scotland and England and stuff. You, the UK, I have some viewership, but not a lot. But, you know, it's cool when I used to get the statements. I don't even look at the statements anymore because now it's making like $4 a month. You get six cents a view. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I got a dollar eighty this last month. That's that's awesome. I what, 60 people, I think, watched it the whole month. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but in the beginning, it was, you know, you got a couple of 30 and $40 checks. I was excited. I was like, we're, we're moving on up now. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so I have that out there. I, I love it. it. It was fun. It was fun to make. And then with those guys, uh, with my production company, with my brother, Lloyd Bros, and the guys who were my production company, they have fuzz on the lens. I did a few other projects. I did Abnormal Attraction, which is a really cool, fun movie, a fantasy movie. I play Purple Pete. I'm the one-eyed, one-horned, flying Purple Pete leader. <laughs> yeah and it's fun you can find that anywhere video on demand it's it's for sale dvd blu-ray it's on vod it's called abnormal attraction pretty cool cast malcolm mcdowell gilbert godfrey tyler mann which is you know michael myers and the rob zombie movies and stuff awesome so yeah they, they, we had some cool people in that it, it was fun what's the name uh bruce davidson from this the the senator from the x-men movies and stuff and yeah, Tyler Mann's in the X-Men movies, too. The first one, he's, he was Sabretooth. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big dude. He's the Greek in... Uh, I'm full of useless information. And uh, Troy, the big one with the hammer. Greeks are yes. dying. That's, that's him. So he was in that. He was Bernie the Cyclops in that. But uh, fun, a fun movie. You want to go no-brainer, a lot of 80s dicks and ball jokes. Like, you just want to laugh. Want to have a good time and laugh at, at some good, fun stuff. It's a, it's a fun movie to watch. And then we're making a movie right now with those guys called stream like streaming on the web stream and uh because i know sometimes when i say it, people say what did you just say scream didn't they make that already no scream <laughs> with a t all right my teeth are starting to shift i'm not pronouncing properly my enunciation is off but yes yeah, stream and it's it's amazing we're, we're actually filming it right now and i i went danielle harris is one of the actresses in it and i went ghost hunting with her in, in gettysburg we're filming in gettysburg so we could talk about that but yeah and danielle harris is from how, the little girl from Halloween four and five, and oh, the, yes. the clown yeah. suit, and she was uh she was Bruce Willis's daughter in the last Boy Scout and stuff, but she was in the new Halloween movies and a whole bunch of other stuff. Roseanne, but hmm. she's in our movie, and we went ghost hunting in Gettysburg. Awesome. And we talked to a few ghosts. We got some names and stuff. So let's let's get started on that, man. What got you into wanting to hunt down ghosts? Well, you know, we, we were always a fan of the shows, and when I was in my twenties, and when I was my late 20s, my kids are married 30 years. My kids are now 28 and 26. But when they were little, we lived in a house that was haunted. They all claim it was haunted. But I was very much a skeptic still at that time. When you're in your 20s and then you live in a house that may be haunted, you, you go into at that age, you go into denial. Even still today, you always go into denial because you're afraid of what you can't see. So I was in denial. I look back now and it was a very haunted house. But I was in denial. It wasn't until I started working at I was a maintenance mechanic at the hospital because I'm a, even though I'm a comic for 21 years, I'm a plumber by trade and I've been a plumber for 31 years and I worked, I was a maintenance mechanic at 
one of the hospitals on Staten Island, I don't have to name it, but and I was there for about five years until I thought I was going to be famous. That's when I started the Kid Pete, and, and I went out on the road with him doing colleges, but it was, you know, it didn't last that long, and I had to go back to work, but I, I left the job, so it was done. But it was still worth it. I would I'd do it again tomorrow if, if that was the decision, you know. But working there as a mechanic, there was a few places we had to go, spaces, and there's one in particular in the one building that we referred to as the 35 building. We went, we talked to the buildings by the years. It was three buildings attached, but it was one big building. But it was the years that they were built is what how we referred to them: 35, 55, and 72. So when we would go to do something, would, we would, that's how we would identify what building we're going to work in or what area. So the 35 building, the oldest part of the building, the mechanics room was on the roof. You had to go out of the building, walk on the roof, and go into a separate room. And I'd have you have to go up there twice a night to do readings for the floors below, you know, for air conditioning and heat or whatever, whatever the case may be. And uh, I always seen shadows in that room. I mean, just just kept seeing them out of the corner of my eye, turning. It was also a cool room. Tom would know because he worked there too. The cable. Everything for cable was in that room. So they had a TV up in there. So cable could always check to see if it was working. So we were the only other people that went in there. So we had like chairs up, you know, a couple of chairs. Nice. And you could hang yeah. out overnight after all your work was done. I would have lunch up there. There were two doors to go out on the back and you're right on the water down there. So when you went out on the third floor roof, you could see everything. The whole place to watch the ships come in and out. I was doing the overnight. A hell of a view. Yeah. The cool place. I hung out up there a lot. But while I hung out up there, I kept seeing shadows in this one room. And one night I walked in there and no lie, the shadow didn't know, the spirit didn't know I was coming in the room. And it walked right out in front of me, turned, looked at me, and I could see it from almost like its knees up, but the legs didn't quite go all the way down. The arms didn't quite go all the way down, but they were fully, you could clearly see they were there. His face wasn't really, a it was like gray. He was all like kind of a, a grayish black, but not dark, scary, more of a gray color, a shadow. But he looked at me. He didn't really have a face, but you could see the structure of the face. You could clearly see like the neck, the head moving, everything, the torso. You could see everything, you know, just didn't have any definition. But it walked right, right in front of me and I've seen it and it stopped. It turned, looked at me and I looked at it and it shot back the other way where it came. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And now I'm, I'm waving my hands in the air looking for my own shadow, hoping and praying that it was right in front of me like that. But it was off to the left, clearly 10 feet in the wrong direction. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm like, I seen you, I seen you. And I started talking to it because I had to be up in that room twice a night. Right. I was like, I seen you. So I would go up there and I would see it. So I would talk to it. But now I wasn't hanging out up there so much because it was a little creepy by yourself. And then a short time later, another guy that works there that was into ghost stuff, I told him my experience. And he's like, oh, you know, I got a couple of cool machines. Let's go up there, you know, devices. Let's go up there and try to talk to him. So we went up there with a spirit box and we started talking to him. We got, you know, where are you from? Pennsylvania is what what they, we got back. Uh, you know, what are you looking for? Do you want anything? And it said pizza burnt. And so I brought up uh, a pizza. I used to bring up a, a couple of times I did it. I would take a slice of pizza. I'd bring it from home if I had pizza or lunch. I'd buy an extra slice. And I would overcook it in the toaster and run it up there and leave it out. And I was always afraid that I was going to come back in because I had to go twice a night at about like my first reading was over about one, one thirty in the morning. And the second one was about six in the morning. I was always afraid when I went back the second time, if there was a bite taken out of that pizza, man, I was never going back. Like, Oh my God. Every time I walked in, I'd be like, oh, like I had to take that breath, you know, and I'd open the door and I'm like, okay, thank God. And I was always afraid one of my friends would find out I was doing it and would fuck with me and go right. and bite the pizza just to fucking scare me. Cause you know, that's how we are as men. And, and you know, when you're with right, boys, so you, you fuck with them. But we went up there and we talked to this guy 
And then we also found out, you know, a lot of people died there. You know, a lot of people die in any hospitals, in, period. But we had a, an employee that was there before me, but I remember him as a kid because I'm from the area. He worked there for like 45 years. He was a maintenance guy and he had no real family, he lived on the property. And after he retired, they were they forced him to kind of move out of his house. The last like year and a half, he wasn't there and he died. They moved him out because they were later on. It's all the houses around the back end of the hospital. But that was the parking lot originally. And there was a couple of houses on the property. He lived in one of the little houses. He just lived there forever. He was always there, you know. And when they got taken, when the hospital started getting taken over and changing, they kind of moved him out. And then they left the place vacant for a while. They could have left the poor bastard stay. Then they eventually sold it all off. But we believe it was him up in that mechanics room because that was like his his space. That's where he always yeah. was. And he, he had no real family and he lived on the property and he worked there for half his life, more than half his life. So we, we figured it was him that was hanging out up there. So I used to talk to him and I found out that he used to go up, you know, he had family, his family, whatever was up and they were from Staten Island, but then they went up to Pennsylvania. So and he said Pennsylvania. So it, like things worked out, you know. Yeah, locked in. I totally had I known would have taken a bite out of that pizza. See, I oh, and I know you I, would absolutely be both of you guys. Are you kidding me? Well, maybe maybe not, Joe, but you would. I know you would. You would have oh, the crust, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I would have locked the convict in the ward and ran up there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody to do that. Because I was, I was like, you know, I'm going to tell people, and I'm like, no, you idiot. That's the worst thing to do. You know, absolutely. eventually one night that freaking pizza was going to be bit. And, if you know, that would have scared the shit out of me. You're involved in a paranormal investigation group. What's the name of that? What, what kind of role do you have? Oh, I, it's, I, it's my team. It's my team. It's called uh, RTG Paranormal. It's Roast the Ghost Paranormal, which is also the name <laughs> of a, a show. Me and my buddy Rich Carucci, a real funny comedian. If you want to look him up, uh, someone you can enjoy talking to. He's my partner in this. We're trying to sell a show. We were actually close. We were getting uh, fast-tracked. We were talking to Travel Channel and everything right before the corona. And then uh, once the corona happened and they came back, then they turned around and they uh, they wanted to go in another direction, which is very common. So I hope I don't see my show pop up somewhere in the next year or two. Right, we are yeah. actually we're, – we're pitching it and, and talking to some people. I really can't talk about who I'm talking to now, but we are talking to some people about it and making something happen. We're trying to make something happen with it. And it's a show. It's a it's roast the ghost. We take my two favorite things. We we go. I have a team. It's my daughter. We have uh, an empath. This this woman Dawn, who's an empath, and she's like the real McCoy. And my wife does the research. And we go out. We go to these haunted locations. And we go there and we communicate through laughter. We tell jokes. We talk shit. We have fun, but we don't provoke. It's not provoking. And that's what they right. were they got. They were afraid of offending the paranormal community. I said, I'm not offending anyone. I'm, it's my favorite thing. My two favorite things are stand-up comedy and the paranormal. Who am I offending? I love it. That's why I'm, I put them together. This is how I go out and investigate ghosts. And this is what we do. We go out as a team. This is what I do. I go out and I tell them that we're going to come in. We're going to roast them. And I explain that it's a, a very high honor. I'm like, now it's one of the highest honors. Maybe when you were around, you'd be offended by this, but I'm letting you know right now, it's one of the highest and dearest and most sincere things that we do in today's society to almost compliment someone. We burn them and we tease them a little bit and make jokes. And if you are offended, we would like you to talk back and into our machines, our devices, and let us know how you feel. But if you're having a good time, we would also like you to tell us, let us know. If you're having a good time, say you're having a good time. If you want to laugh, laugh, let us hear it. Talk to these devices and let us hear what you have to say. And I still have some stuff to go through, but we have picked up my empath everywhere we go. And we've done this 
in uh, several locations as a full team. And everywhere we go, we haven't had a place yet that we haven't gone that she said, hasn't said that the spirits are happy and thankful. And everywhere we leave, I, you could feel it. Like, you know, you would know if, you know, if you go to the wrong place and there's something bad there or, or heavy, you feel it. Like we feel that we, we got people right. there, you know, spirits there where we go. But man, it's like every, when we're leaving, I, I'm all jacked up. I feel great about like myself. We all feel good when we're leaving. So, so far, so good with what we do. It's pretty cool, man. So we have the team and we go around. Is that what, did I go off the? No, 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 not at all. Not at right, all. I, I have, I have a bad habit of doing that for anybody over the age of 50. I'm very much like Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. <laughs> I will finish every conversation I ever started, but we might go through six or seven conversations before <laughs> I get back to the first one to finish it. So. so any cool places that you got to investigate so far? My home base is the Kreischer mansion, which is a Staten Island. You guys are familiar. I know you're both familiar with it. But for, for the people out there listening, you, you can look it up. The Kreischer Mansion, it's listed as it's in the top 10 haunted houses in New York City. And I think we're number one and number two on Staten Island. We're in the top five. But um, it is very, very haunted, very, very active. I'm in there all the time. It was on a whole bunch of shows. It was on Paranormal Lockdown. They went there. It was on a few different ID Discovery. You know, there was a murder there in 2005. I mean, the house is haunted. It's, 100, it's built in 1885. And the man who built it, who the town was named after, Balthazar Kreischer, he is very much there. His adult sons, Edward and Charles, are very much there. Wives are there. Kids are there. This gentleman, Rob, who was killed back in 2005, it was a mob hit up there. He is very much there. We have we have photos. I have audio evidence. I have him, the guy saying, I'm, who's here? Rob. You know, uh, Balthazar, are you here? Yes. Uh, we asked him. We have uh, pictures of him. We have a picture we caught of Balthazar and his wife in the window. It's clear. I was kind of showing you guys before a little bit. I'll send you copies of that. We don't we don't share that one too much, but I think it's out there now. We can. I'll get permission to make sure I can share it with you guys. Like we, if you wanted to post it. Yeah, yeah. Put before. it in the the show notes, definitely. Right, right, right. But you could. I'll send it to you guys for for your pleasure. For your pleasure. It's ribbed. For your pleasure. <laughs> Take notes, Joe. Take notes. Yeah, on the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I like pork ribs. <laughs> In a dry rub. <laughs> I, was, I'm an, I'm I swear angry. to God, I was just going to say that. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an angry man. I'll get a dry rub. <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? Oh, ribs. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, no, but the, the Chrysler Mansion is a great place. And now I also sent you, I sent you that other audio of Bailey Seaton. Yeah, we're going to listen to that right now, actually. Can you give us a little... Uh, yeah, before I'll, I'll run us... Dude, this is incredible. Now, I'm Navy. I don't know if you guys are military. Were you military? Uh, no. It's actually a regret, or a regret of mine that I never actually did that, but no. No, I never. no that's right. It's a regret of mine that I was an idiot in it. I, I should have been shit hot. Like, I look back now, I was like, man, I would have been a great sailor, but I was a, I was this same person. So <laughs> I used to get in trouble for running my mouth. Yeah, so we were in the Marine Ward, the Marine Dental Ward of this place, and it was right before we roasted. I was still just walking around, and um, it's closed down, this area. No one really goes in there. We go in and, and I just, I'm walking around. I got the SB7 spirit box going, which if everybody should be familiar with it, but if not, it's the one that rapidly fires through radio waves causing white noise, you know, the bit, 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 bit. so I ask him, like, hey, is any, who's here? And you'll hear clear as day, Vic. I'm like, wow, hey, Vic, how are you? And then I'll say, as I'm saying, I know deceased. As I'm saying deceased, you'll hear killed. And I'll say, did he just say killed? And he goes, yeah. Now there's actually another couple of words there that I never, I got so excited about what I could hear. 
I never actually went back and broke down. So I'm missing. So as you play this, if some of the people listen out there, if they hear even more things, it's very possible because I never even broke down everything that was said in this one minute and 30 second clip. The whole night was very active. But then I say, I go, kill. Did he just say killed? He goes, yeah. And then uh, I ask again, how many people are here? It's a little more faint, but you can still clearly hear it. A few seconds later, you hear one. And then uh, a couple other things I said, I can't make them out. And then you hear hi. I'm like, oh, hi, Vic. How are you? I said, my name's Craig. As I said, he says morgue. And my daughter's with me, Brianna. And you'll hear her say, did he just say morgue? And a couple other little jittering things. And then the key, super, I, no, I've never heard anybody obtain anything like this before in the paranormal world. I ask, I say, Vic, were you a Marine? And you will all hear clear as day. Ooh, oorah. It goes ooh first. And then you're going to hear oorah. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, oorah. You'll, you will all hear, you're going to. You're going to bug out. I mean, oh, my God, I caught I got a Marine and he was so de determined to let me give me that. Oorah, because when he first does it, you only hear. ooh. So he does it again. You'll hear it. You'll go. Ooh, oorah, and it's clear as day. And like because he, he was a Marine and he's proud. He wanted to get that. Oorah out. And then I, I said, well, you know, the, I was your chauffeur. I was Navy amphibious assault. That's the guys that, that chauffeur around. Like in today's society for the young kids, I was his Uber for you older people. I was a chauffeur. <laughs> but. I said, I used to drop you off, pick you up and drop you off. And you're going to hear him say, thank you. It's pretty badass. So if you want to play that, I just kind of walk you through everything you're going to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like you had said, if, if anybody hears anything else in the EVP, you could give us a call at 845-379-1331. Give us a voicemail. Let us know. Yeah, please. Because there are other things. You're going to hear a couple of things that I never, I got so excited with this thing. I really need to go back and plug it in and break the rest of it down. There are other things. And this same night, I don't, I didn't share this with you. I asked, who's here? You know, like, you know, in another place. And they say, Craig, uh, what's your name? And they go, Craig. I go, wait, are you telling me my name is Craig? Or are you saying your name is Craig? And they say Craig again. And it almost sounded like a black guy. So I was like, oh my God, that almost sounded like a black guy. I, I, I say, so maybe your name is black. Cause I do a joke on stage saying, you know, my name, I often say my name, Craig, is a black name, but it's like a light black name. It's not Tyrone or Leroy. It's more like, Craig, how do you get fired on your day off, black? It's kind of like that. You know, it's Ice Cube black, you know, Friday black. And as I'm saying that, all of a sudden he goes, shut up. So I had a, a spirit tell me to shut up. <laughs> but I swear the way, he, the way he said it, he was like saying, like, shut up. Like, like, like stop. Like, you're being like, you're being funny, you know? And uh, I was like, wow, I, I, that's another one I'm saving for our thing. I can talk to you about it, but when you hear it, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, let's take a listen now. But this is this is the other one with Vic, the Marine. Cool. Who's here? Vic. Vic. Hey, Vic. We heard you. Hello, Vic. How are you? I know, deceased. Is he killed? How many spirits are with us right now? Vic, are you with us? Say hi. Hi, Vic. Awesome. My name is Craig. Did you say more? Did you say more? Did you say yes? I don't know. Vic, were you a Marine? Ooh-ah. Ooh-ah. I was Navy. Amphibious assault. I was your chauffeur. 
I used to pick you up and drop you off. You're welcome. I was third fleet. South Pacific. Wow. That's it. Now I couldn't hear everything on my end. I don't I don't know if it's just because I didn't have headphones on. Maybe, yeah. I heard everything that you described. Right. Well, but you guys have your headphones on. I don't, I'm just hoping when the people listen to it, they hear it. Because if they heard it like I heard it, it was chopped up and I couldn't hear everything that was happening. I heard most of it. But if you guys heard it all, amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. And you hear yeah. how he gets out that oorah. He goes, oorah. And you hear it, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. I got an oorah. I got a thank you. I got I Vic. Mean, I got, I mean, and it's all clear, man. I've yeah. never heard, I've never heard an oorah come out of a spirit box. Dude. That's what you know, I'm saying. I get, but this is when we go in. I got a, a spirit told me to shut up. You know, I mean, but and, and I, I swear it was in like a shut up, like a good, like he was like laughing at me, like you know, it was a good I'm, shut up. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's incredible. Everywhere we go, we have such a like. After this, with the morgue, we didn't know until after the sign was right behind us on the wall. It said morgue with an arrow for it to go around the corner. It was down the hall. So like it was just, it was just, it was just amazing, amazing night. That same night too, when we went in and we. We did the roast. Our empath was like, they're asking me to come into this room. We want to go into this room. They're saying they're all in here waiting for you. So we go in. It wasn't a room. It was the stairwell. And it's a very old, you know, turn of the century building, older. I mean, the original buildings were built in the 1840s over there. So this one, maybe turn of the century. It was all, it was like old brass, like four stories, five stories high, the stairwells that, that go around. You can like stand at it and look up and see it. But it was all like green and everything from... Right. The patina and everything, the metals and everything were all, you know, it's old. It's, it's dilapidating. You're really not supposed to be in there or nothing. So she goes, they want you in here. So when we came in there and we're looking up with the flashlights because there's no power. And we're like, wow, look at this. Like It was creepy but beautiful at the same time. And she said, yeah, they're all here. I see them all standing here and there, like in the white. They're in their like, like hospital gowns and stuff. And they're leaning. She goes, I see them all like this like standing and waiting. And as we did it, she's like, oh my God, they're clapping. They're laughing. They love it. Like she's telling us what's happening as we're doing it. And huh. she goes, they all said, thank you. Like this, she said, there's tears, there's laughter. And they're saying, thank you for doing this. But we could feel it, you know, even though we couldn't hear it all. And it was what she was getting. You could just feel it. Like, you know, when you go to a bad place or something, you feel shitty, you could feel yeah. heavy. Or, and we felt like uplifted. It was really nice. And we left that. I was bouncing like a little kid. I was like, this is great. Like, you know, like. <laughs> So <laughs> just wild stuff, man. So I guess since we're, we're kind of wrapping it up right now a little bit, if somebody wanted to book you as a comedian or have you as a paranormal investigator, what's the best way that they could reach you? Well, my website, you can go to my, my website, which is Craig Loygren. I mean, I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook. Everything's my name, Craig Loygren. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's comedian Craig L. I don't really do much with Twitter. I'm, I'm not a fan, but I have it. And it's the same thing. You go to my website, which is craigloigren.com, and uh, there's a contact page there with my email. I'm going to look at it right now. How bad is this? <laughs> I want to give the right one out because we changed it. It was my old email at one time, but we made an email specifically for booking me. And, uh, wow, I'm going blind. <laughs> well, I'm typing my name. I'm typing Craig Loigren, and Craig's <laughs> list is coming up. Hold on a second. <laughs> you know what, Craig? Joe was throwing ideas at me about guests. He goes, it'd be really great if we had a, a comedian that was into the paranormal. I was like, I got a guy. I'll be right back. <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> Let me text him right now. Yeah, no, I, dude, I love it, man. I'm, I'm so into it. 
all right. See, it's, see I'm glad I looked it up because they set this up. And I, it, book me. You can book me for comedy or for paranormal stuff. We're coming in to do something. FunnyCraigBooking at gmail.com. So it's one word, FunnyCraigBooking at gmail.com. I'm so glad I looked that up. Because <laughs> I was going to give you like, I don't know, comedian Craig Loigren or something. I don't know. But yeah, so, so that's how you, you book me. But if you go right to my my name, Craig Loigren is my name. It's it's up there in the corner. Oh, well, it's a podcast, so never mind. <laughs> but it will be, it's my name, CraigLoigren.com, and then there's a contact page. There's a lot of stuff. stuff. You go to my website, there's videos, stupid things I do, cool pictures of people I've been with and I've met. Like you asked, we didn't even touch the surface of some of the people I I got to work with over the years and meet and stuff. I've met so many. It's it's just, it's, I'm blessed. And I may may not be famous, like to where people, I'm not a household name or, you know, I, I, I struggle to make a living with it, but I'm out there and I'm grinding and I've been doing it for over two decades. And I've had the honor to work with so many cool, cool comedians over the years and uh and just just fans just being being the main event in some little town somewhere going out and they have their annual comedy show in their elks lodge and it doesn't sound like much for a person saying oh you're a comedian what kind of life do you live well i i'm really i was great last week at the piscataway volunteer firehouse you should have seen me you know so it's not like it's a but but it is like at the same time there's 300 people in that place and they look forward to that comedy show every year. And you go in there sure. and you knock it out of the park and they love you. you. The next time you come back, you're a little celebrity in that little corner of the of the world. And, and it's just, it's amazing. So I'm not super famous, but I am super blessed. So I'll take Beautiful. it. I just want, I, just, I don't even want to be super famous. I want to just make a, a little bit more money because I quite honestly quit a couple of good jobs with pensions and I don't have one. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I left the hospital thinking I was going to be famous and that didn't happen. So, and I was at another really cool private plumbing company back in the day that I, I had left that had a pension system for comedy as well. So thinking I was going to be famous going to the city. That's when I used to go to the city all the time. So, you know, we, but I, I am following my dream and, uh, as a, as a comedian and, and like we're making this movie, something might happen with that. Oh, I didn't even get to tell you. I went ghost hunting. We got a few more minutes. Yeah. 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 I started yeah. before. So we're making this movie called stream, right? Cool people. Jeffrey Combs is in it. You know, the reanimator. If you remember the reanimator. Yes. Movie and stuff. Yeah. So Jeff, we have Jeffrey Combs. We have D Wallace, which is, you know, the mom from ET and Cujo and pet cemetery. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she was the, the reporter and the howling. Like, I mean, we have some cool people in this movie, Tim Reed, WKRP in Cincinnati and Clyde's yeah. dad from that 70s show in the original it. And, you know, so he was on that, and he was the dad on Sister, Sister, the Disney show. So we got good people. We got some decent people, really talented actors. We also have Danielle Harris, who I was talking about before, from the Halloween fam, Halloween 4 and 5, and the new Halloweens and everything. She was into it. We went ghost hunting, and it was me, her, and uh, the set director, this guy Marcus, and his wife, Liz, who is the makeup girl. So the four of us went, and she went live on her Instagram live, so people were watching us. But we went into one room. We were in Gettysburg, undisclosed location, a hotel that we can't, I can't name because we're still filming. But we went there. We went to a specific room that I went and asked the front desk where what rooms have been accused of being haunted because the house, the building is right. It's Gettysburg. Everything's haunted in Gettysburg. 60,000 guys died in three days. Trust me, everything yeah. in that whole damn town is haunted. So we went to this room, 215, and we were talking. And we got two guys in there, gave us names. Rob, you know, like, who's here, Rob? Uh, who, you know, anyone else here? Neil, two people. We got Rob and Neil with the two names. We got a few other things. I'm an idiot. I had just gotten a new camera, and it has a speaker much like this one, 
where the external, where you have to turn the switch on. If you plug it into the camera, the camera doesn't record audio only yeah. through the, the, the speaker. And I, but you have to turn it on. It's battery operated. So the first 40 minutes, I didn't have the friggin' speaker uh, on. So I have 40 uh, minutes of a silent movie. In black, Cause it, you know, it looks like a black and white movie. Cause we're in the dark, you know, we're on infrared. So, uh, which has killed me because we had so many cool things. I did have EVP going the whole time. So we got it on there, but it's not the same. And we did a lot of the SP7 Spirit Box. My, that's my favorite toy. But I also like dowsing rods. Do you guys play with dowsing rods? No, actually, I've seen them. I've seen them used, but I never no. believed them until I used them myself. And it's one of those things you guys might have to do. So if you ever have, if you have doubt in them, you just got to play with them yourself. And once you use them yourself and you know you're not moving, that's what she said. And they are, then you will have a different opinion. Because I was skeptical of dowsing rods. So here we are. We, we went and we did all this stuff. At the end, we came back. She signed off of instagram and everything but we do have this on one of the guys recorded it on his phone i'm standing there now i'm playing with the i was like oh we never played with the dowsing rod so we broke them out and i'm standing there and i hold them up against my chest well, a little lower like right at the bottom of my chest so my arms won't move because i'm a pretty active guy so i hold them nice and still up against my body so i'm not rocking i started asking questions i'm like who's here and i had also said hey robin to robin neil in the other room if you guys want to come with us while we walk through the building come with us so at the end, I'm like, is anybody here? And, oh, and I always say open for yes, cross for no. So it says yes. I was like, oh, who's here? And then I started, I, it wasn't an answer. I said, is it you, Rob? And it crossed no. I said, is it you, Neil? It opened yes. So I said, Neil, are you a Confederate soldier? It bounced for yes. I mean, I'm not a Confederate. Did you die in the Civil War? It bounced for yes. And yeah. I was like, were you a Confederate? And it crossed no. And I said, were you a Union? It opened up yes. I said, where were you from? Massachusetts? And it started closing. It, it closed. And then uh, I asked Chicago, you know, Ohio, where, where we and, it, and then I said New York and it opened for yes. It stayed closed for the other ones. So I was like, wow, we're New Yorkers, too. Like, you know, welcome, pal. You know, we're your brothers. We're here. And then I asked that, you know, the war is over. And it crossed that said no. Oh, no. Do you know who won? I said, do you know the war is over and who won? And it crossed no. And I said, listen, pal, you didn't die in vain. You know, you sacrifice. You made it the ultimate sacrifice for this country. And we did win, you know, we won. And because of that, we, the North and South are friends again and that we got united and, uh, you know, we came a long way and the thing, it, it opened back up and it was just like, and I was like, you know, if you see family now, it's like, it's been 160 years. If you see any family, or if you ever see a light, I don't know, you know, we can only go by what we're told, but if you see anything like that over there, you, you, you earned it, go to it, man. You, you yeah, totally man. earned it. Your time is yeah. over. And it was just cool. That's wow. sick. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if it worked, but you know. I, I, that's kind of how I talk to them. I talk to them like they're me and you. I don't talk right. to them. I, I ask, I always, always have to ask the silly questions at first, like what we, you know, but then once you get through that and you kind of have a dialogue, then I just talk to them, tell right. jokes. Yeah. Hmm. So I can't ask if they've seen any good movies lately, but you know, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I talk to them about other things and you don't know when they died, how long they've been around. So you don't know how current or if they are up to current events, you know? Right. Me and Joe are planning to go down to uh, Richie's restaurant, Juicy Lucy, soon. All right. Over there around Father Capadano. Over there, yeah. Yeah, over there. Yeah, over there. <laughs> so uh, maybe we can set something up, uh, meet you over at Chrysler. Uh, yeah, dude, if you guys want to come in. Uh, you, you guys are friends with Rick. You know, you, yeah. should, you, you, should have, you said you were already talking about having him on. You should have him on. Rick Raspoli, a great guy. He's got great war stories of the music world. And we have great stories over at the Chrysler Mansion, man. Like I said, we we have endless evidence of that place. They come and visit. They come to my house. 
Really? Yeah, me, me and my wife at one time, and they like my wife. A couple of them come to the house, and I don't know if they like her sexually. I just look at her as like Mother Hannah or something. But me and her weren't getting along, and I came home, and I walked into the heaviest, like, thick air. My whole body went chills. Like, even my legs, uh, super chill. Like, I walked right into somebody. Super cold, very heavy, hard to breathe. And then I was asking, I was like, is it you? You know, is it you, Balthazar? Is it you, you know, Charles or Edward? Because they come to my house, you know? And and I knew it was one of them. I don't really, I don't have the gift. Like, I really can't talk to them, but I know they're here. You can feel them. And I'm open right. with that. And I just talk until, like I'm doing now. I just talk. Man, you got to shut me up sometimes. You got to cut me off. But I, I explained my side of the situation, why we were arguing. And after about 10 minutes, feeling like he was like sitting on me and right next to me, I just felt it lift and go away. Like he was satisfied with what I, how I explained my side. Like he just wanted to know like what was going on. This just happened not too long ago. And like, it's just amazing. You talked your way out of a ghost ass kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Almost <laughs> like he was like mad. Like, Hey, what the hell's going on with you two? Like, why are you messing with my girl? Like, you know, and it was really, he's been here a couple of times, but not that one night was, was heavy, but I kind of gave him carte blanche. She's, it, it's funny, like, I, I when I go in, he's almost like, I, I say some of my closest friends are spirits, because I'm there so much, I'm there sometimes two or three days a week. Right. And, and uh, you know, you get a little bit obsessed and with places like that, you know. Yeah. They kind of suck you in. When they have that kind of energy and power, you want to just kind of be there. And, like, I've really gotten friendly. When I go in, I talk to all of them. I say hi to everybody. I say goodbye to everybody. I talk to them all. I play music for them. I put on classical music. I put on German, because they were German from Germany. German folk music and stuff. And then every once in a while I'll play my music and I say, Hey, listen, this is, this is what I like. Uh, you know, I play what you guys like. If I hope you like what I like. And they're just music fans and lovers. So we, any empath or clairvoyant that comes through there, they all tell us the same thing. They love music. They love when we do music there, hmm. you know, they weren't a big fan the first year of the haunt, but they like it more now, the haunted attraction. Uh, once they seen what we were doing. And I talked about this all again, like everybody else. I'm like, Hey man, you were busy. He was an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. He really? built that whole town that's now Charleston was Kreischerville. It's Charleston now named after his son, Charles, Charlestown, Charleston. It was Kreischerville. And in 1917, there was an anti-German movement against during World War One, And they yeah. said it was too German of a name. So they named it after his son, Charles. But it was Kreischerville from like the 1850s to 1917. And he built it. He built Kilmyers. You know, the, the, that, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Kreischerville, sure. and, that, man. Uh, he built the whole... The whole town right across from him was his factory. He was a brick manufacturer. He actually created what is now known today as clay pit ponds. Clay pit ponds were created by him digging out all the clay deposits to make five retardant bricks. He rebuilt Manhattan. He rebuilt all five boroughs in from like 1850 to 19, he died in 1887. But the company went on until about 1900, 1904. So, but he rebuilt Manhattan. He sat on the board of uh, uh, directors for Staten Island Railroad and helped create that. And uh, his daughter married like Andrew Steinway. He gave them $75,000. I believe it was Andrew, one of the Steinways. He gave them $75,000 to start a little piano business you guys might be familiar with. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the history of that house and that location. And that wasn't even his house. That was one of twin houses built. he had built for his sons. His mansion, the true mansion, was up at the top of the hill, up close to the road off of where your studio used to be, where you said you had right. studio the issues with the studios. That was all his property, man. His house was at the top of that block. And uh, it was a 26-room Italian villa. The, what we know as the Kreischer Mansion today was is really the Kreischer house. And a twin 
sat right across from it by where, where the bus depot is now. And there were two identical houses he had built for his two sons to spend more time, summer houses, to spend more time down there with him. Since it's pretty old, did he also build the uh, Black Arter Saloon? Was that also him too? I don't know if that's as old as he. If it was, it could be because he built the church. No, I mean, you, you're laughing now. Now he oh, was, a, he okay. would, if, if he could, he would have had a titty bar. I mean, that's what the, the man was an entrepreneur. He built the church down there, that block over, you know, that old church was his, the building right. next to it. All the old general stores, like when you go down off the kill, those ha- those storefronts, those old, those houses that look wow. like old storefronts, he built all that. That was all his. Wow. Yeah, he, he built it all. He built some of the houses, the greenhouses down on Chrysler Street, which is named after him. Right. And then like just a little bit more history, the other block where the Black Order is Andrevet. And mm-hmm. prior to that being Chrysler-ville, yeah. it, uh, the town that's Charleston now, it was originally in the 1700s, Andrevetville. Wow. With another old family name down there. So, but, uh, and then Andrew Vets bought out Kreischer Brick after he died. Wow. And after the son killed himself down there. That's crazy. Well, listen, man. So we have to cut it. But thank you very, very much for coming on the show, man. Hey, no so- problem, man. Listen, I had a blast. Let's get together yeah. and do some ghost hunting together. Definitely. Uh, let's say come out to a comedy show together, you know? Hopefully the world Definitely. will open up again soon. And I, I do comedy up by you guys. I do up in the, you know, close enough, Nyack and stuff up there. So, cool. you know, that's a lot easier than coming down to New York. So, and then I'm a hunter. I, I go up, I do some Plus, stuff. Plus, drive then to Staten Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, with traffic, you know, please. So, yeah, no, but hopefully the world will open up soon and we'll do something up there and you guys come out and uh, we'll have a blast. All right, man. All right. And then if you guys come to Staten Island, the Juicy Lucy thing, baby. Give me a call. I'm there. We'll get Rick to go and uh, we'll go have a good time. And we'll go out to the Chrysler Mansion and let you guys check it out. All right, cool. Let, let you meet my friends. Thank you guys. Have a great one, man. Thanks, brother. See Take you, care. boys. See you. Later. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Ghost Hacks Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and find us on Facebook groups. If you have any paranormal experiences you would like to share, please email joeghosthackspodcast at gmail.com. And we may even read your submission on the air. Have a good night, and don't forget to change your shorts. <laughs>